Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. On this episode, while Michael and his family are on vacation, Nate catches up with one of his former interns from Southern Nazarene University, Miss Bethany Vero. Bethany is joining the podcast fresh off a trip from South Africa. So sit back, relax, and we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Bethany, how are you doing this week? I'm so good. How are you? Good. So for those of you joining us, uh, Bethany, one of my former interns, who is uh, kind of been a world traveler lately, is joining (laughs) us. Michael is on vacation in Colorado and said, I will have no cell service. So we thought we'd bring Bethany on. And uh, Bethany, it's good to to be with you. Tell us a little bit about your, your recent journeys. Okay, I just got back from South Africa. I was there for a month and I got back a day late because we were stuck in Chicago a night and then I got back and I went straight to Palcon and I hung out at Palcon and then the next day I drove five hours and now I'm in Sherwood, Arkansas at Brockington Road Church of the Nazarene and I'm interning here for the rest of the summer. Yeah, so a uh, little bit of culture shock from South Africa to <laughs> Arkansas. Yes. Just it, a little different. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. No, yeah. it's been good, though. It's been good. So when I saw you at PalCon, you hadn't had time to debrief, and you literally just got off of a yes. plane and walked into SNU. So <laughs> yes. now that you've thought about your trip to South Africa, you have some one, one or two, like, just sticking memories, things that just stuck out to you? Oh, sure. I mean, there's so many. Um, But here a lot, I've been telling people about how the people of South Africa don't care so much about structure and time and making sure everything starts on time, And but they care so much more about relationship and about the person you're talking to. And um, Well, I would do well there because I was late to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I was totally fine with that. That's good. <laughs> but, That's good. <laughs> it really taught me some flexibility and how to just really focus on the people that are uh, in front of me. Um, and like they would just call on me to like pray randomly or we would uh, like be about to eat. We would be eating dinner and they would say, OK, and after dinner, Bethany's going to have a devotion for us. And I would be like, oh, I am. And so nice. I just have yeah. to kind of throw that together quickly. It's but... the old in season and out of season. They mean it there. Oh, yeah. You have to yeah, be prepared exactly. at any moment. Exactly. So things like that, just focusing on relationship and they just have such a passion for sharing the word of God and for they like they are not afraid to evangelize and just to literally go out into the street and tell people about Jesus because they they're so passionate about it. So it was so cool. I learned so much there. Right. And I saw a video of worship where there was yeah. a whistle involved. Yes. So yeah. the, for those of you who haven't seen it uh, on Bethany's page, there's a, a they were worshiping and lots of upbeat drums, rhythm. 
kind of stuff, people dancing, and then this lady mm-hmm. marches down the aisle with a whistle, just like, yes. and I was like, <laughs> I need to take that to church on Sunday yes. night. Then I she- forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I yeah, probably she was would scared. Pull that out all the time and just start whistling, and we were always like, "What is that? Where is that coming from?" And then we found out that, oh, that's just her. Like she yeah. did it all the time, and it was amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> a little more upbeat, a little more lively yeah. than uh, oh yeah here in the states. Yeah. Well, most churches, I'm sure there are those that are kind of uh, lively like that. So sure. I thought one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, uh, Michael and I are both uh, two white dudes, and. Uh, <laughs> You're also white, but you're I a am, young yeah. lady minister, and and uh, I I when we went before your the ministerial board, and I was sitting in with you, I got to hear your story of kind of your call to be a minister, and it really mm-hmm. struck me some of the things you said. So share your story with us, and then maybe we'll talk about um, a little different perspective of a young lady <laughs> who's growing up. Uh, who is becoming or is a minister already, but just more and more opportunities um, and kind of how you see the world, how you see the church, some things like that. So tell us your story first, and then we'll get into the rest of that. Sure. Okay. Well, I grew up in Greeley, Colorado at Greeley First Church of the Nazarene. Um, I was born there and raised there until I was 18. And I'm like a fourth generation Nazarene or something like that. So um, Nazarene is me in my too. Blood. At least I can't. I don't remember how far. I know. I don't remember exactly. I think that might be right. I'll have to ask my mom later. But grew up in the church. Um, I think I became a Christian at like a vacation Bible school when I was like six years old. So um, I, I came to the point in my senior year of high school where I was trying to figure out what to do with my life and where to go with my life. Um, and my older brother, Michael, went to SNU, and so he kept saying, Bethany, you have to come to SNU. It's so much fun. I love my friends. I love my professors. I really want you to come to SNU. So I right. said, okay, I'll go to SNU. And then Shout SNU out started- to SNU. Big yeah. plug for SNU. Go. <laughs> yes, yes. Big Crimson Storm. <laughs> um, yeah, I never really understood that. <laughs> I mean, I still well, don't. when I was there, it was Redskins, so I, I think Crimson Storm is Ooh, better. So, that is yeah, so much better. but You're it's right. still kind of an un, undescribable thing at some <laughs> yeah. points. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so um, I decided I was going to go to SNU, and then SNU started calling me, and they said, "What are you going to major in?" And I said, "I have no idea. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was really interested in a lot of different things, um, but just..." wasn't sure. I I wanted to do the Lord's will for my life, but I had no idea what the Lord's will for my life was. Um, And I kind of describe it as like, I, I feel like I was like standing on the edge of a cliff and I was just looking into this vast wilderness and I had no idea what to do or where to turn. Um, And so I went to NYC the summer after I graduated high school. um, And I was just praying that the Lord would just tell me what to major in SNU. Like that was my prayer. I wanted it like on a big billboard, like with flashing lights, just to say major in business or education or, you know, when you just want That's usually how God works. (laughs) I'm kidding. Exactly. That's what I was hoping for. For some people, really, but not me. (laughs) Yeah, not me either. Not me either. And so... Um, I went to NYC and that was my prayer. And the entire week, I wasn't getting anything. I was like, God is not answering my prayer. I have no idea what to do. Um, And I was feeling very drained and just very empty um, and a little hopeless. And at the end of the week, 
um, I heard a sermon from David Busick, and he... Um, Shout out to our GS, <laughs> Dr. David Busick. I know. One of the finer <laughs> men you'll meet, honestly. Oh, yeah. he's. he's I've so stayed good. in his house. Did you know that? No, that's amazing. When I went to seminary, he told me, <laughs> if you ever want to stay at my house while you're in a class, give me a call. And I said, I am the guy who will call you. Like, don't tell me that if you don't mean right, it. He said, right, I mean it. You will do it. And so I stayed at his house for a week of seminary. That's just how uh, hospitable and loving that he is. But go ahead. He was that's preaching. Awesome. No, that's and awesome. Yeah, he, well, he preached on <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. Um, but he talked about that, that verse means... Um, to have a really intimate relationship with the Lord so that you can discern the Lord's voice over other voices. And so, um, and, and in that way, in that intimacy that you will um, come to know the Lord's will for your life, that that the Lord's desires will become your desires and the Lord's will will become your will because of that intimacy and that closeness with the Lord. Yeah. Um, I, and so, so many students have mentioned that sermon to me. Really? I remember that sermon as well. Yeah, it was a good one. It's so impactful. It, I mean, and I had heard that verse so many times, but I don't think I ever realized like what that truly meant for me or for my life right? Um, until that sermon. And so, and so I got back from NYC and I did not have my answer, but I felt like I had a way to, um, better discern the Lord, the Lord's voice. And so I really dug into the word and I met with my youth pastor a lot and I was in prayer about Lord, what, what do you want for me? Where do you want me to go? And I felt the Lord place on my heart that um, he was calling me to full-time ministry. Um, but I was living in a, such a tension because I had never met a female pastor before. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. so my idea of full-time ministry was a middle-aged white man. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are, know, are you calling me middle-aged? No <laughs> wow. I did but have you, a birthday and I'm 45 now, so I oh, guess yes. I'm getting Happy there. Happy birthday. I forgot to text you. I kept No, going. you're all oh, good. Sorry. I wasn't trying to get a shout out for my birthday, but I do feel <laughs> middle-aged now. Yes, so yes. a middle-aged white male was your picture. Yeah, my, my idea of what a pastor looked like. And I said, well, I am not that. So I really don't think that's for me. See, and when so, you said that in your interview, mm -hmm. it surprised me, but only because my brother has been married to a pastor for like, I guess over 25 years now, way over 25, I think they're, they're getting closer to 30 maybe. But, um, and so like to think of someone in this day, not, not even thinking they could probably do that role was, was really surprising, but keep going. Cause I, yeah. I wanted you yeah. to get to that. <clears throat> but you'd be surprised how many females I've spoken to that say they have never grown up knowing a female pastor in, in the Nazarene church, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, it's a little frustrating when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, and not to say my sister-in-law's rap, there have been frustrations. Like like sure. she's been around for a long time as far as being ordained in the ministry. And and it hasn't always been that we've, we've ordained people, but it hasn't always been that we have uh, promoted them or yeah. put them up for like senior pastoral roles and things like yes. that. So yes. um, I think I would speak for many women <clears throat> to say, um, you're probably right that that's the thing that, that you were seeing was that as we, you know, we, we affirm and ordain, but are, are, are you seeing those, uh, role models? I guess. Yes, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, I was living in that tension because I didn't have any examples um, of any female pastors in my life that I was close to. And so, but I still felt the Lord calling me to ministry. So I was confused and I, I didn't know what to do. And so I ended up going to SNU, um, but I was undeclared when I came in because I was just so unsure. But then I got there um, and I got connected with a lot of female pastors. And I I met um, a female theology professor at SNU, Eileen Ruger, um, who mentored Shout out me. to Eileen. <laughs> yes, I she's went to great. Mexico with that lady for oh, me commission. Too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and so who really mentored me and... Um, I started thinking maybe I maybe I can do this maybe this is for me and so I kind of just surrendered and I said I don't know what this looks like I knew nothing Nate about getting my local license getting my district license um I didn't like I didn't know any of those things I didn't know how to do that so but I just said okay God I I will do this and so I I changed my major to pastoral ministry and I started taking classes and then started looking for internships and um I mean, ever since then, I have, I have doubted my own abilities, um, but I have never doubted that that is where the Lord is calling me to to life of full time ministry. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of yeah. how we met. Was yes, I was one of those supervising pastors at mm-hmm. internship, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so what what surprises me and and you know is I've I've had a lot of interns, and hopefully I don't upset any interns here, but, but as far as just naturally preaching, um, you are, you are by far gifted, um, in that as, as far as interns I've had. And so we've talked about that just, and so it is, you know, it's kind of an interesting dynamic that you had thought, well, maybe I can't even do this. And then, um, when I read your first sermon that you, you sent to me before you were going to preach, you know, mainly there were a few grammatical things and, but I was really uh, impressed with the way God has given you the gift of preaching. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that you are Thank pursuing you. that. And along those lines, as a young uh, lady who's a pastor in the church, mm-hmm. have there been some, any kind of frustrations, any kind of struggles or things that you uniquely have experienced um, by being mm-hmm. a young lady in the church? Sure. Yeah. Um I feel like when I'm in kind of the bubble of SNU, like in my classes and um, in my local churches, that um, I feel safe there and I feel supported for the most part. Um, But then it's kind of when I venture out of that kind of Bethany, Oklahoma bubble that I find. um, Yeah, because there are a lot of female ministry majors so the churches around we we have encountered we've worked with mm-hmm. young mm-hmm. ladies who were who were studying for ministry so i think there definitely is that kind of radius there where it's kind yeah. of a thing that's not as uncommon as maybe in the outside world um, yeah and even definitely. maybe if you go further away from a, a university sure. um so there, yeah there are- there are even some things though I can re- remember like um, it seemed like I was always working with children my first couple years interning. Yeah, and I am not. I am not called to children's ministry. Right, that's kind um, of the that's kind of the stereotypical thing, right? For sure, yeah, yeah. for sure. 
Um, well, she's a lady. She should be good with children. Yeah. Something yeah. about nurturing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Something about it. Which yeah. I am not good with children either. Like, I know why God called me to youth ministry because when I would go to kids' camps uh, on some former districts, our kids' camps are awesome, but I would just be like, how can people do this? Like, <laughs> Yes. Yes. And, and I so, totally yeah. Understand. Yeah. So, but just because you were. Um, a young lady, people just assume, well, she'll be good with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I can see just, that. There's just been instances where I feel like I'm not really being heard or being listened to, um, or I'm the only female in a room, you know, at conferences right. or yeah. um, at things like that. Or um, maybe if some of my peers at SNU are around talking, it seems like they only ask for the opinion of males, you know, just, just things like that. So you still um, get, you still get the old mansplaining thing sometimes. Oh, de- <laughs> definitely. Really? Definitely, yeah. Okay. But my, all my guy friends at SMU know <laughs> that I am a feminist and know that. They know that won't go over well. Yeah, they, they do. They as do. your and former all... supervising pastor, I know that as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so. I was wondering if you if you would bring that up. Oh, you know. I would say probably from an outsider's perspective, like someone who's been around a while, and I'm not just growing up now, and I'm not female. I feel like, as I look, I'm encouraged that the pendulum is swinging um, mm-hmm. as I look around the church, um, both racially, um, gender-wise. I feel like I feel like there are lots of people who now are saying, um, "This is who we've always been." You know, I'm not sure for sure, but I think even on our the beginning of our pastoral list, you know, every church has a list of pastors. I think there's a woman here at Midwest city. And I think there's also one in the church I was at at Fort Worth, but I notice as I go to churches there that early on, we didn't have any qualms about women being in leadership. In fact, they were planning churches and doing Mm -hmm. a lot of the work of ministry. So um, Mm -hmm. I think that what happened was we got into the business model. And so when pastors started to look like CEOs, we kind of, mimic the world. And now that's changing in the world too, thankfully. Um, but, but I think, would you say you're encouraged? Um, I would. Yes. I, um, I often, I, I feel much more encur- encouraged than I do discouraged. I would say being Good. a woman Good. in the ministry. Um, sometimes I do feel like I need to be the absolute best, um, in the room, or if I'm going to do something, it needs to be perfect, um, to even be looked at at the same level um, as a male peer. Um, And I've had female pastors tell me that I really need to go get my master's degree as soon as I can so that I can be looked at um, at the same level as one of my male peers that just has an undergraduate degree. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. I've had a few tell me that. So so there are things like that. But I no, I do often feel encouraged with yeah, the amount of um, female pastors I'm connected with in the Church of the Nazarene. And um, there, I feel, yes, I think that's a good way to put it. I feel much more encouraged than I do discouraged, for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, what is, 
What has been your greatest joy in pastoring? What have you just loved oh, wow. to death as a pastor? Is it is it obviously relationships, but maybe preaching, maybe um, what do you love For, to do as a pastor? Nate, it's so cool and weird to hear to hear you call me a pastor because first of all, sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but because I think I was telling you about this the other day at PalCon is that since I have my district license and I'm still a student, sometimes I don't really know my role or like if I'm actually a pastor yet. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like I'm in this weird like in between like transitional time almost where I'm not really sure. So, so it still feels, um, interesting when someone calls me a pastor because I'm like I'm not sure if I'm really there yet I feel like I'm trying to get there but right well I don't don't know the church has confirmed it on you when you're licensing so yeah you can marry people baptize people all that kind of stuff you know (laughs) yeah yeah I think I just it's in my like I just need to own it and say like I am a pastor you know it's just my own my own thing well and there there always is going to be a little bit of that no matter uh, if you're male or female, as far as like when you're still in school and doing ministry, there's going to be a little bit of that because generally you're working under a supervisor. Um, And so I'm sure finding the role there is a little bit tricky, especially Mm -hmm. as you get older and you're like, Hey, next year I might be doing this on my own somewhere else. And so, yeah. Or you may be going to seminary. Who knows what you'll be. I know. I don't know. So, but what, what do you really enjoy? Um, you were right about relationships. Um, I I can think of a couple of things. Um, I love seeing growth in people and progress, and um, staying with people and working with them for a long time and seeing seeing growth. Um, I worked with um, a youth group in Wagner, Oklahoma, under Levi and Becca Jones. So another shout out to them. Yeah, one um, of my good friends. <laughs> I call awesome. him the Golden Boy because in every class. He was the guy with the best answers. Every oh, class. Sure. He's a genius. I love the dude. <laughs> he but he hates it when I call him the golden boy. So he calls me Dr. Father. And that <laughs> goes back to one specific class. We had a professor who kept saying his Dr. Father. And I guess since I was the old guy, I became Dr. Father. <laughs> Even though I am a father, but I am nowhere near having a doctorate. So. <laughs> Levi will never let you like forget things you know like oh, yeah. what happens he will bring it up forever. well and i'm the same way so it's bad between <laughs> us even like just the other day he said happy birthday dr father and i said thanks golden boy so you just keep it, it will going. never end never end. so you were in wagner but, with a yeah. group of teenagers yes i was and at the beginning of the summer um they were kind of a rough group and um tough to get to know and um I don't know, but I, I just worked with them throughout the summer and God moved in them and in the people in the church. And by the end of the summer, they were some of the most servant hearted, kind, um, like teens that I know. I mean, they just, I just could see a, such a tangible change in their lives and how they carried themselves and how they spoke to one another and how they served the people of the church. Um, and it was so cool. Like I, I always remember that, how much they grew and how much they changed in that summer. Um, yeah, I think life change and transformation, that'll keep you going as a minister oh, in yeah. any area. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then also, I do love to preach. I was about to say, if she it. does not say preaching, <laughs> I will never have her back on the <laughs> No, I love it. Um, I I feel most like myself when I 
am preaching from a pulpit about the word of God. I mean, I, I just feel like that is what I was created to do. I mean, I never feel more alive or more like myself than when I am preaching. Um, yeah. Well, and that's when you know you got to do it. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. I, I go on vacation and one or two weeks is all. That's all I can do, man. Mm, mm-hmm. I feel weird if mm-hmm. I'm not up preaching. But um, yeah, for me, that's that's a passion as well. And mm-hmm. you can probably tell that in the internship. We talk a lot about preaching and working oh, yeah. stuff together. Yeah. So, yeah. And I... I was not good at it and I did not know what to do or how to do it before I took um, Fundamentals of Preaching with Steve Green. And Yes, he, we have referenced that sh- <laughs> that class here before. Great he is class. amazing. Yes, yeah. I learned so much from him um, and he's become close to me and a mentor to me. So I, I just needed to say his name and tell everyone yeah. he is amazing. Yes. Steve Green. Yeah. Well, that class revolutionized my preaching. I had been doing it before, which may be worse because I had a lot of bad habits to get rid of. Gotcha. But, yeah. Yeah. But it revolutionized the way I think about preaching Yes. Um, and the way I teach people to preach. And, you know, I just you just kind of mimic what you see until you take a class and somebody says, like, this is what preaching is. All right. Well, we're getting up yeah. there in time, but I've got one really important question that I think oh, boy. we need. One of the reasons why we wanted to have different voices on was to hear um, new perspectives. So I, I would like to ask you, what would you tell people in the church? What would you what would you say as a young person growing up? Um, maybe some things that like hopes that you would have for the church or some areas that you see maybe that we need to grow some, some disconcerting areas or maybe just some dreams um, that you would tell people in my generation. um, I'm a Gen Xer. um, Like we really need to be paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. Mm Wow. Um, I'm a big advocate for racial reconciliation and diversity in the church. Um, and elevating the voices of people of color and putting them in leadership. Um, right. But one one thing that has been on my mind, especially lately, I was thinking about this this morning because last night I went to a Celebrate Recovery meeting yeah. um, that they have here at the church. I want to be part of that ministry and help in any way I can. So I just went to meet the people and see what I could do. And they talked about confession um, at the meeting and how healing confession can be, um, and how that can bring people closer and connect to one another. And I remember sitting there thinking, um, I feel like the church is not, not good at confession, you know, but we're asking people who are struggling with some really, really tough things to confess to themselves and to God and to someone they trust. Um, and then they might go into a church and the church is, um, or leadership in the church is unable to confess. And so that that's something I've noticed is that um, I don't remember the last time I saw a leader um, stand up and say, I, I don't know, apologize or confess for something that they have done wrong. Um, and I, I'm learning that, that leadership is not about acting like we have it together all the time and acting like we're perfect, but it's about confessing to one another and to God. Um, and to saying, I mean, we're all we're all trying to do this together. 
Um, and so I, I think I see a lack of confession in the church, a lack of vulnerability. Um, and I think that that is important moving forward, that we can develop people who are able to confess to one another, are able to be vulnerable with one another so that we are better connected, so that we can um, grow together. Um, I, I would say those two things that have been on my mind, especially lately, is confession and, and vulnerability with one another. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, I think that's where it's the only way love can grow is mm-hmm. when we're vulnerable and, and willing even to be hurt by each other a little bit. So, yeah, I I think just to are you speaking of the church confessing for maybe wrongs the church as an organization has done? Or are you talking about individual leaders? Just to I think a bit. I think both. Both. Yeah. Both. And um. Yeah, because I I even think myself, Nate, like when was the last time I confessed my sins to someone I trust or to God? You know, like when, I don't know. Um, And so I would say corporately as a church, um, and I I have an example of that quickly. I don't know how close we are on time. No, you're good. um, I was just in South Africa, and I was talking to a missionary there, um, and he was talking about the... um, the statement that came out by the general board of superintendents about um, family separation, right? right? At the border. Uh-huh. Um, and he was saying that he appreciated that statement. Um, but he then he started talking about apartheid in South Africa. And he was saying, right. where where was the statement about apartheid from the gen- from the board of general superintendents? Um, yeah. And I <laughs> and so I started thinking like, yes, that's so that's so true. That must have been so hurtful for yeah. him and for our yeah. Nazarene brothers and sisters in South Africa. And so sorry to answer your question. I do think it's both. I think the church corporately needs to confess in ways that we don't do everything right. And then individually as pastors, as leaders, as congregants to to practice better um, confessing to one another and to God and to ourselves. I think that that would bring a lot of healing and redemption and um, growth in the church. Yeah. So, you know? so I, I completely agree with you. I think, I think the, the thing that probably people have to learn to balance it in preaching, especially is, is, you know, the danger on the other side could be creating, making preaching therapy for yourself. And so there's definitely a balance there, but I think we've probably leaned more towards the other side. Uh, um, you know, I, I hope when I preach that I'm learning more and more to say, you know, here's the word of God and we will stand under it together mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to here's something I learned and let me tell you uh, six reasons or six steps to being happy uh, yeah. this week, you know, yeah. but yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it does take vulnerability. It takes trust. Uh, and so those are good words. Um, I think that the church, both uh, as you talked about diversity, um, one of the things that I continually want for our church here and is that it become more and more diverse and that we, we continue to uh, grow in that. But also, uh, yeah, learning to confess, I think is a is a big deal. And, mm-hmm. and so hopefully as pastors, we have accountability people that we talk to. Uh, Michael's one of the people that I, you know, that's one of the reasons we started calling each other was just to be real and honest mm-hmm. and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's great. Um, well, we are at 30 <laughs> minutes. So any okay. parting words, uh, 
before before we go? Um, I don't think so. Thank you, Nate. You yeah. have continued to invest in my life even after I betrayed you and I'm leaving middle I know. School, I wasn't going to bring that up. But <laughs> no, no, we're excited for you and Thank uh, you. proud of you and and excited to uh, get to watch as you grow and uh, see where life takes you in the next few years. So thanks Thank for being you. on with me. And we will uh, we'll air this this weekend. So be looking for it. Tell okay. all your friends. I will. <laughs> all right. Have a great day. Buddy. So we'll see you. See all ya. right. Bye bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.